I want us to go to Matthew 13, and it's quite a long read, but I'd like to share with us this morning about truth is the life of the kingdom. We're living in a world where it's really destructive. And <clears throat> so I've raised this with the Lord numerous times because we know that these things must come to pass and then will come the Son of Man. And so I would like us to look at end time, and I'm not ministering on end time, but I want us to look at truths in the season that we're in, in the earth today, so that we never become despondent and think, well, I don't know what's going to happen. And when we read this scripture, I'm going to read both parts, it'll emphasize what's taking place in the earth but you'll see God is in control and remains in control. And that empowers us by, as the body of Christ, when we speak the word, when we walk in the truth, then we're empowered. And the world cannot stop us from serving Jesus. And perhaps even more importantly, celebrating our salvation in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. So let's get down and read Matthew 13, verse 24 to 30 as the first part. And an, another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. Verse 25. There is this confusion that if affliction comes, God's somewhere else. This is what the Bible teaches. The whole reason of faith is to overcome affection. Are you with me? So watch this. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tears among the wheat and went his way. Verse 26. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tears also appeared. I want you to focus on this truth. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, the tears were there, but the believer's life produces a crop, a harvest. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, do, did you not sow good seed in the field? And how then does it have tears? Remember this. Faith in Christ does not mean an end to challenges. Faith in Christ causes you to overcome the challenges. He said to them, an enemy has done this. The servants, now let me remind you what Jesus said when he was going to the cross. He said, he has nothing in me. Jesus called him, the prince of darkness. Yeah. 
So he's in the earth. But the emphasis is not on him, it's on Jesus. He said to them, an enemy has done this. The servant said to him, do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow. Whose wisdom is that? Jesus. Don't be looking for an escape hatch. Let me get out of here because I've got too many problems. Listen. He said, let them both grow together until harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Drop down to verse 36, same chapter, through to 43. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house. And his disciples came to him saying, explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. Could I exhort you this morning, instead of spinning around in your own head answers that you don't have, would you go and ask the Lord why your situation is what it is? Are you with me? He answered and said to them, he who sows the good seed is the son of man. Don't ever put anything else on Jesus. The Bible says, he who sows good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. But the cares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares, this is Jesus speaking, are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out His angels and they will gather out of His kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness and will cast them into the furnace of fire and there will be a wailing and a gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. And he ends by saying, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus is teaching 
there are two systems that are functioning parallel till he comes. If God was running this earth, it wouldn't look like it looks. I've got to keep reminding you that. Amen. So there's a kingdom of God and there's a kingdom of darkness and they work parallel. Peter demonstrated how easy it is to move from the kingdom of light into the kingdom of darkness. And he was with the master himself. So don't be thinking to exit because you're going to get to heaven and your reward will be small. If you get out before your time, you have not proven your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. For the Father knows that there is an appointed time for each man to leave the earth. But that's on his time, not our time. Amen? So I want us to look at Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. When you and I got born again, what happened? This was the distinction of where we were taken out, no longer as a tear, but as a good seed. Let me just get to Romans. Yeah, I don't know what happened to Romans. Goodness gracious. Everywhere but Romans. Romans 10. And we read. In fact, I'm going to pick up from verse 8 and I'm going to go through to verse 13. Now this scripture, correctly so, is made in reference to the salvation of mankind. However, there's also another side and that's the one I hope we can get to focus on this morning. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. The word is near you. God's in heaven, but God's also in you. Don't try and work it out in your intellect. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. You know what that means? There's nobody more powerful than him. But unless you believe that, you won't see that. Ask the Israelites. The Bible is full of disobedience, of failing hearts, of becoming discouraged and saying, I want to go back to Egypt. Egypt, a type of the place of reason where we live out of our minds and not of our, out of our hearts. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now to you and I many times, saved means my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And indeed it's what it means. However, saved is an outworking of the growing up in this season in the earth with the harvest to come 
and harvest that we should be having now. The Lord Jesus, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be ashamed. Will never be put to shame. Will never be put to shame. Let me read that again. Do you believe this? For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will never be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. Nationality has nothing to do with it. Where you were born has nothing to do with it. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon Him. I want to emphasize this. What are we calling upon? Our circumstances? Or which one dominates our decision making? For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. You could take that a lot further. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon His name, not in doubt, not in unbelief, but in faith. Not because of circumstances, but because of faith. Amen. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's go on a little journey. So we saved. What does that mean? I'm not going to go into the Greek. I'm just going to give you the meanings of the Greek word. It means to deliver. God doesn't lie. It means to protect. It doesn't matter. That's why the wheat grows. Notice it grows because it's a good seed. It grows in a world where there are adverse circumstances, it grows. In other words, our lives ought to grow no matter what the circumstances. Why? Because Jesus spoke it. And the Bible says, when I got saved, that was when my name was written in the Lamb's book of life. But now the Lord begins to deliver me from every adverse circumstance. He doesn't lie, family. He doesn't lie. He can't lie. The Bible says He protects us literally and figuratively. He protects us. He protects us. He heals us. Come on. He heals us. I know there's people sitting here that are sick. The Bible says He heals. 
The Bible says he preserves. What is preserved? No matter what transpires, he keeps you. But you have to believe. Don't tell me you believe and there's no manifestation. Come on. Preserve. Do well. This is what your salvation's about. This is life in the kingdom. Not life in the earth. Although you're in the earth. Remember the Bible says you're in the earth, but you're not part of it. Think about that, family. You see, the tr- for more, we have to transform the way we think. Read this word until you actually believe it. Are you with me? Are you with me? Look at this. Make whole. Make whole. It can't get any more simple than this. So this is a whole process. No matter what we come into the earth, um, come into, sorry, let me rephrase. No matter what we come into the kingdom with, the Bible says, doesn't matter how many afflictions there are. Are they fun? No. But it doesn't matter how many afflictions there are. The emphasis is, but he will deliver me. But he will deliver me. But he will deliver me from them all. Salvation means to rescue physically and morally. Rescue. If you're being rescued from something, it's an adversity. That word also means to heal and deliver. My wife recently gave me a statistic. Was it 1.5 million that had died? Was it that the number? You gave me something this week where people are just dropping down dead. We know why they're dropping down dead. Hello? Who will you believe? Who will you believe? That's the question this morning. True life in the kingdom, not church attendance. That's what I want to encourage you to. You should go to church because otherwise you'll never learn the truth. But you understand truth is the life of the kingdom. If I'm a jerk, I should be able to say it to myself. Because the Bible says, judge lest you be judged. Can you see, family? The tears are growing. The world is in a mess. But the seed, the sons of God, are getting stronger and stronger. And they're producing life. Religion won't tell you this. Religion will tell you, and if you don't walk in faith, you want to get out. Come, Jesus, let's get out. You know, the Bible does say we should say, come, Lord Jesus. The Spirit and the bride calls him. The Bible does say that. So kingdom life is doing life in Christ, not your way, not my way, not granny or grandpa's way, or Uncle Joe or Auntie Mary. 
Do you hear me? Remember, there is no male nor female in Christ. Now, I know there's a biological side, but in God, He looks at the spirit man. Because the Bible says there'll be no giving of marriage in heaven. Because heaven will be full. These are things you need to think about. Renew your mind so you'll stop living in this old natural body and the way it thinks and does and responds. Think from your spirit. Live out of your spirit. Kingdom life affects attitude. I think I must, this wasn't part of the scripture, but I think I, I'm hearing the Lord saying I need to go somewhere. Yeah. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be, sorry, this is 1 Corinthians 10. I just want to read a little bit here. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud or passed through the sea or were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Listen to me carefully. And all ate the same spiritual food. And all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Now listen carefully. Remember I'm talking about growing up in an earth that's chaotic as believers. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became our example to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Unbelief is evil. Doubt is evil. I'll leave it there for now. But let me give you verse 13, sorry, just also verse 13, drop down. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to all men. This is underlined in my Bible. So I never think that my problem is bigger than what God has ever had for any other being. Are you with me? Look at this. No temptation. Why? Because there's a temptation to doubt. When the circumstances are adverse, there's a temptation to doubt. No temptation is overtaking you except such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. We are without excuse. See, when truth like this comes, then I don't look for excuses. You with me? 
look for how I'm doing in my believing. Kingdom life, doing life with Christ, I said, has to do with attitudes, has to do with moral standards. It has to do with economic levels that we live in. And together, these, all these things constitute life in Christ. This is our filling station. This is not it. Church is not it because we are the church. But this is our filling station. We come here to be filled with truth, to be victorious out there. Amen. 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 So let's look at one more scripture. I want to take by the power of God's word, I want us to have no excuse by the time we leave here today. You know, because if we do live out of excuses, we're just not going to get where we should be. Now, I'm not talking about us going to heaven, right? I'm talking about us living a life as God spoke, as Jesus spoke, and bringing forth harvest because it's a blessing to other people as well, not just to our life. Verse 18 through to 23. Knowing, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold, you know, I was having a conversation. Let me just make an announcement. It should have been done before, but I just wanted to get straight into the Word. I got myself another daughter-in-law about to be. She, uh, Joshua. Joshua and Megan got engaged over the weekend. Um, now, <laughs> Amen. And I only found out on Wednesday. Praise the Lord, I was there for the engagement. I thought I was not going to make it. And I tell you what, things move quickly in the Watson household. It'll be stable. There'll be nothing, nothing. And then we move because the preparation is done now. We move to the next level. But I was having a conversation with Megan when we were coming back from the engagement and we were talking about the increase of God's goodness. And I said, it pines me when people always go to money. And now, because I got money, now, now God's goodness is working for me. <laughs> what a lot of garbage, you know. God's goodness works. Money follows you because of God's goodness. Because he said, seek first the kingdom and then everything will be added to you. So knowing, so you can see I'm seeing the increase of God's goodness. My family is extending. It's going to get exciting. Can you imagine my Christmases? Come on. Amen. 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 Look at this. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received by the tradition of your fathers. Aimless conduct because of tradition that we learnt in our homes, in our cultures. But with the precious blood of Christ 
as the lamb without blemish and without spot. Verse 20, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you and me. Who through him believe in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and your hope are in God. Look at this. Since you have purified your mind in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. How do we live? Through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that powerful? John 17, 17, Jesus is praying for His disciples and He says, sanctify them by your truth. Not by church attendance. Sanctify them by truth. When truth faces us, it's extremely confronting. But it's not meant to harm. Then the Bible says, your word is truth. That's why we call ourselves word-based, spirit-moved. Because every decision I make and my family make, if it's not on the Word, I'm going to rebuke it. Because I understand the only sustainable thing in a world that's moving like quicksand is the Word. That's what God said. If you're not on the Word, you're sinking, family. Sanctify them by your truth, your word is truth. Persecution, I want to encourage you with this. Persecution either causes growth or bitterness. Be careful that you don't turn on God because you're not getting what you think you should be having and whatever it is. Persecution, because the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. You're never going to stop that. But you can stop it in faith. Because Jesus said, so what I'm saying when I say you're never going to stop it, He's always going to do that. That's His nature. Look at the wars in the earth. Look at what's happening to people's life. It is lives. It is heartbreaking. But Jesus said that He came that we may have and enjoy. Are we enjoying life? I'm asking you, family. 
You know, I said to my wife this morning driving in, I said, well, praise the Lord. How do you feel? You're about to get another daughter-in-law. Now, we don't subscribe to mother-in-law things, that thing. You got to take Ellie. <laughs> we don't subscribe to that. We're a family and we'll stay a family. Mother in love. <laughs> Amen. Persecution causes either growth or bitterness in a believer. Response determines the result. How do you respond when persecution comes? Family, I have to share these truths with you so that you don't lose the fullness of your salvation. I'm not even talking about going to heaven or not. I'm talking about the salvation things that I mentioned earlier of what it actually means to be saved. The highest, of course, is our salvation to eternal life. In fact, Jesus said, He said, if your arm's making you to sin, cut it off. So if there's anything that's causing you unbelief and doubt, cut it off. He said it. He wasn't speaking figuratively. There's a whole testimony on that where a man actually did that. But I'm not going there now. So word-based truth brings about a separation. But the choice is yours and mine. So I'm saying again, we're in a world, sickness and disease is abounding. Perversion is abounding. Men think they women and women think they men. It's abounding. It's not getting, but are you surprised? Jesus said, as in the days of Noah, so shall it be before the coming of man, the Son of Man. As it is. So when you see these things, don't quit. Build your ark on the Word. Yeah. Word-based truth brings separation. Reject the false statements of the father of lies. Just as the Holy Ghost paints a future for you. So the devil, if you sit around his campfire, will paint a picture of destruction for you and you will lose your hope in Christ Jesus. Faith brings hope of salvation. What is that? Deliverance. Can you see? Come on, family. It's so very, very important. You see, separation is not automatic. So when you don't read the Word 
when you don't believe the Word, you can't be separated from the system of the world. It's the Word of truth that brings a separation of the way we think and the way we act and the things that we say. Amen? Come on, family. This is extremely important. Believe and be a doer of the Word of truth. Because God's Word will and does contradict everything that's in the earth. These are not truths that you don't know. They're truths that we can neglect. See, Jesus said to Peter, the devil's come to sift you. What does that mean? Well, if you, not too many ladies, I think, are bakers these days. But if you were, then my mother used to have a sieve. And she would put the flour in the sieve when she was going to bake a cake and she would shake it. And then it was too heavy, so I had to shake it used to irritate me no end to stand there. She said, now do it properly. I am. <laughs> like I want to be a baker. But what I noticed at the end was all the pure flour had fallen through and all that was left was the impurities. That's what the Bible is talking about. He sifts our faith until all we have is impurities. It's all out. It's gone. That's what Jesus was talking about. He said, but I prayed for you. I prayed for you. Are you with me? Jesus is interceding for us, family. Do we believe that? Whose prayer is God going to listen to? Surely the Son of Man above even ours. But you know what? When we pray in faith, we co-heirs with Christ. He listens to us as He does to His Son. Isn't that amazing? Those are the amazing truths. Your circumstances are not the truth. They are subject to change. So I'm going to wrap up. Try and get this. Truth achieves all the riches of the Understanding, full understanding and knowledge of the mystery of God and Christ. You should spend the next rest of your life on that scripture of truth. Truth achieves all the riches of the full understanding. Many people are serving God but they don't know God. They've given their life to the Lord Jesus, but they don't know God. See, I can be married, but how well do I know my wife? I've been in ministry for a long time now. I can tell you how many couples don't know each other, even after being together for years. Hello? Come on, family. It's so important. 
I just want us to understand this morning that in the midst of everything, there is guaranteed victory. Actually, let me continue here. I'm not going to continue on that for now, but maybe just say this to you. Understanding is mentally, in a renewed mind, mentally being able to put everything together so that you understand who God is, who Christ is. That's what it literally means. It means that we recognize Him. We recognize His ways. When something happens, we know. We don't waver, you know, oh, I don't know, it's just not happening. We know this is not God. This is not God. We must grasp the reality that in God and Christ are all the treasures of knowledge. Come on, family. We must grasp that reality as we look at the wisdom of the world, which is absolute foolishness. You know, I've always said this. God bless doctors. It's like a mechanic of a car. They can only diagnose what you tell them. But the great physician knows exactly what's wrong. If I go to the garage and I say there's a, there's a noise when I hit 60, he has to go through a process of elimination. Sent my wife's car in for a, by the way, Joshua, I thought I mentioned this. Sent my wife's car in for a rattle, it's still there. Do you know what they told Joshua? That there's dust there. Have you ever heard dust rattle? <laughs> Isn't that what they told you? You know, when I heard that and I was overseas, I was, I said to my wife, let me hold my mouth because I'm about to say something that I got to repent about again. How can you say the rattle is there because of dust? Thinking himself to be wise, he becomes as a fool. But we listen to these people. We listen to these people. Come on, family. We listen to these people. So we must grasp the reality that God and in God, in Jesus, in Christ, are all the treasures of wisdom. Knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge and wisdom causes you to be empowered. The Word of God is the source of all wisdom. It gives us the ability to use discretion and make decisions that produce results. I'm closing. I'd like to put this out there for you to consider. Wisdom. You know what? My dad used to say to me, I've never forgotten it and you've heard me say it many times, perhaps from the pulpit. There's one person you cannot fool. Guess who it is? You and me. We cannot fool ourselves. We can make excuses till the cows come home, till they walk their little legs off the mountains. 
But we cannot fool ourselves. And when we allow the Word of God to be a true mirror, not a religious mirror, a true mirror, it will highlight the flaws for our well-being to bring forth the full image of Christ. Wisdom is the quality of having word-based experiences. Did you get that? Wisdom is the quality of having word-based experiences and biblical judgments that are filtered through the Word and accepted once they are filtered through the Word. Did you get that all? Let me say it again. Wisdom is a quality of having word-based experiences. Wisdom is not an intellectual place. It's an outworking of something. The God, God of heaven by wisdom formed the earth. It, something happens when you walk in wisdom and understanding and eradicate emotions from your decisions. And what it does is, I'm saying it again, biblical judgment filtered through God's Word so that when you see it, you believe it. Not the result. You believe what the Word says with no compromise, family. You know, I remember, um, I believe it was Jerry Savelle in the early days of his walk and um, he was tithing and giving and um, he, I actually heard him say it. We heard him say it in, in the meetings a few times. He said, you know, I eventually got so desperate. I said, God, I'm not even after the hundredfold. Can you just match me dollar for dollar? Did you get that? He doesn't live there anymore. That's where he was living when the enemy was trying to take the truth away. Hello. Come on, family. Knowledge. Knowing how to act out what you know the Word of God has promised by faith in your heart. Knowledge. I'm going to read it three times. Knowledge. How to act out what you know the Word of God. Emphasis on act has promised by the faith in your heart. Now, if you don't have faith, obviously you can't do that. Knowledge, knowing how to act out what you know the Word of God has promised by the faith in your heart. So there's a harvest for us. The life of the kingdom. If you can settle, don't look for it because faith shall make sure that it finds thee. Don't look for affliction. It'll find thee. Are you with me? But what do you do with it when it knocks on your door? That's the question. Do you let it in? Or do you tell it to pack its stuff and drag Ferreira? What do you do? Can you see, family? It's always going to be like this till Jesus comes. If you're looking for utopia outside of the Word of God, 
you're seriously deceived. Amen? If you think money is going to do it, look at the losses people are experiencing through the investment markets. And I get an amen. And while I'm on that, there's a great investment man in Santon. Some of you may be aware of this. He has just come clean after 15 years. There's no money of the investments. They can, they can, South Africa, Santon, they consider that must be around about, any, it could probably top more than a billion of people's money. You need wisdom, family. You need understanding. You need to know how to walk in the Spirit because the devil will steal if you don't. God bless you. 